In this week's episode, we've got reselling news, and I do something I said I would not do. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another edition of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. Hey, if this is your first time coming to the channel, thank you so much for stopping by. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. I've got some reselling news in kind of the back half of the show, so you'll want to be sure to stick around for that. Got some stuff from Amazon and Etsy and an update on the 1099 thing that continues to be in the news more and more as we get kind of towards the uh, inevitable end of the tax year. But first, I wanted to talk about eBay promoted listings. So those of you who are longtime listeners and viewers of the show, and thank you so much for that, uh, you'll know that I've been a bit skeptical about eBay's promoted listings And if they would really work, particularly for my type of business, which is mostly media, very heavy books, I didn't, I was not a believer. So it just looked like a cash grab to me from eBay. And I didn't, I just will let it suffice to say that I was skeptical and I was disinclined to use them. But I've seen so many sellers, particularly over the last few months, just rave about the results that they got from them. Some of them even indicating that they doubled their sales, which is one of the things that eBay suggests is a possibility if you use promoted listings. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to try it. So early last month, I put all 9,200 plus of my listings into the eBay promoted listings standard program with a discount of 5% just to see what would happen. And in this show, we're going to talk about those results. So uh, we're going to take a fairly deep dive. I'm not one of those people that thinks I can do this and just look at the raw numbers at the end, the sales, and say this was a success or this was a failure. I really wanted to dive in and look at all the levels that it impacted my business. So we're going to you're going to have to bear with me. If you're a stats guy, this is <laughs> uh, this is going to be the episode for you. But uh, just to begin with, for those of you who are not fully aware of what eBay's promoted listing standard is, essentially it is a program where you can offer to pay an additional fee for listings that are sold through the program. If an item does not sell through that exposure, you do not pay. So it's not a pay-per-click. It is only a pay-per-sale. And the program is essentially designed to more frequently and more prominently surface your listings that you're promoting to a potential buyer in their search results. And to that standard, I will say it works an absolute treat. So over the first month of my listing with promoted listings, My listing impressions, which are, if you're not familiar with what that terminology is, so a buyer, a potential buyer searches for something and your listing shows up in their results as they scroll down through the page, they see your listing. That is what is considered a listing impression. My impressions went from about 900,000 a month to 5.4 
million impressions, which is just a massive, massive increase. It's over 450%. So that is just absolutely remarkable. I've, I've talked about it before that I, I wonder if eBay could not just surface all of those listings promoted or not to that many buyers, but I suppose in the scheme of things, that's not realistic, but that, that's just a massive, massive increase. On a daily basis, my listings generally are getting somewhere around 27,000 daily organic exposures, so not promoted, and a, a potential buyer puts in a search term and organically without the promotion my listing surfaces in their results the same listings are getting about 165 to 170,000 impressions a day as promoted listings so ebay definitely is doing what they say they're going to do when you opt into promoted listings in my case it was at a 5% rate i don't know at what financial level at what percentage That number may change up or down, but for my use case at 5%, my exposures went up dramatically. So that's the great news. The not-so-great news is that my click-through rate, which is that listing surfaced in a buyer's search results, and they actually clicked on my listing. That is a click-through. My click-through rate dropped from 1.3%, which is... Not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Uh, I've heard other sellers that have sub one percent click through rates, so I feel I feel pretty okay about one point three. Uh, unfortunately, it's not one point three anymore. <laughs> uh, they're all the way down to zero point two percent. So they absolutely cratered. What that indicates to me is that while eBay is certainly doing what they say they're going to do with promoted listings, they are showing them to a lot more people. I question whether. There is significant relevance in a lot of those impressions and exposures because the click-through rate is just not there. It indicates to me that there's a lot of wasted impressions. Now, again, they're free. You're not paying for them unless somebody buys something. But we'll talk a little bit later about why I think this absolute destruction of click-through rate could be a problem for you if you use promoted listings and then decide not to later down the road. But In any event, it absolutely destroyed my click-through rate, down to 0.2%. So, that being said, my listing page views, which is the number of listings that actually got physically looked at through that click, did jump by nearly 37%. Now, that's a fairly hefty number, although, to be fair, my impressions are up 450% and my actual views are only up 37%. So there's a huge disparity between views and actual clicks and what people are actually looking at. But nonetheless, if you told me that essentially for free, unless somebody bought it, I could improve my actual listing views by 37%, I would probably take that bargain. So even though my click-through rate suffered substantially, my page views did get a fairly nice increase. And my sales conversion rate has remained pretty steady. It's averaged, before I started this program, I was at about 28 to 3.2% in any given time period. As I record this, my sales conversion rate is 3.1%. So I feel pretty good about that. And again, I've heard other sellers who have sub 1% sales conversion rates. So I feel like a 3.1 is pretty good. Now, if you're good at the math, 
you've probably already deduced what the actual sales result was from all of this. I've got a lot more page views and my, my actual sell-through rate has remained the same. So naturally, that indicates that I have, in fact, sold more stuff, which is the uh, object of this whole exercise. But it's a bit more of a mixed bag than what you might be led to believe. So we're going to take a, a, a little bit deeper look at what that actually looked like. So the first thing I want to look at is just pure transaction volume. And in order to do that, to get some sense of what changed, I looked at the 28 days immediately preceding turning on promoted listings. And then I looked at the first 28 days with promoted listings being turned on. It's essentially most of July into early August and most of August into very, very early September is the time window. And those two months historically for me for me are pretty comparable there's not necessarily a big swing organically between those two months so i feel like that's at least a reasonably fair representation so on the face of it the results they're pretty good my transaction volume went from 276 transactions in the prior period to 425 transactions with promoted listings, which is an increase of nearly 54%. And that's hard to argue with. That is a solid increase, but it's certainly not anywhere near doubling my sales, which is what eBay says you could do and what other sellers report having happened. 54% 54 is a nice bump, but it's not anywhere near doubling. That's probably partly because of the difference in product mixes. So just be aware if you decide that you want to try promoted listings, your mileage may vary. You may double your sales or you may do a 15 or 20% increase. In my particular case, it was ultimately 54% more transactions. But where it gets a little bit more complicated is when I look at the ratio of sales that were made through promoted listings and those that were made just organically. So of those 425 sales that I did with promoted listings turned on, 210 were through promoted listings. So that means I did 215 sales just through my organic. So it's almost a 50-50 split. The problem for me is that compared to the previous month, that means I essentially did 61 transactions and paid 5% promoted listing on those that I probably would have done anyway based on my past performance. So again, just to do the math, last month I did 276 transactions, all of which were organic. This month I only did 215 organic transactions. So I'm, I'm saying that the difference between those two numbers, potentially, I can't obviously prove it, but Statistically, it would appear as though those 61 transactions probably would have occurred without promoted listings, meaning I've paid additional fees. I've cannibalized my own organic transactions by using promoted listings. So to be fair, it didn't really cost me anything because on, I think, the 8th or the 10th of August, eBay uh, sent me an email with a, an option to run a month of promoted listings standard and have all the fees waived. So I didn't really spend a whole bunch of money on this. But had it been active, I think it would have cost me about 
a hundred bucks in fees that ordinarily I probably would not have paid. So just be aware of that as well. You're going to cannibalize to some extent your organic sales. eBay's own statistics, when I pull up the numbers, show that for that period, my organic sales by dollar volume, not just transactions, but actual dollar volume, organic sales were down 32.3% in August compared to July. So roughly a third of my organic sales were were gone. Now, they weren't gone. They were just moved <laughs> conveniently into a category where eBay made more money off of me. But that's neither here nor there. That's part of the, the problem with the program, I guess. Your organic listings, obviously, as I said, kind of earlier on are substantially lower than the promoted ones are. So you're going to have some overlap there. But I was down roughly a third in my organic sales. But for the double bottom line, where the rubber finally meets the road, what did it ultimately mean for my business overall? So for the month that I ran promoted listings, my total sales on eBay, promoted and organic combined, were up 39.1% by dollar volume, which again is a significant increase. So I'm quite pleased with that. Uh, a nearly 40% increase is substantial. Again, it wasn't anywhere near doubling my business, which some sellers claim they've been able to do, but a, a nearly 40% increase is certainly nothing to sneeze at. In fact, it was so good that August, even though promoted listings were not on for the entire month, I think I only turned them on on the 7th. August was my fourth best month ever in total sales, coming in behind two Decembers of 2020 and 2021. And uh, last July, when I listed uh, a couple of hundred Doctor Who DVDs that sold like wildfire at really great prices and I had a terrific month. So on balance, it was pretty good. Uh, net, net, all in. I did more sales. I made more money and I made more profit. So do I recommend promoted listings now to answer the question that's in the title? Do eBay promoted listings actually work? You know what? I'm, I'm one of those that I can admit when I'm wrong and about eBay's promoted listings We'll chalk it up. I was wrong. They do, they do work even for my type of business. I found that it was quite successful with some caveats. There are some things that you as a potential user of them should probably be aware of. It's not without its flaws. It's clear that based on the numbers that we've looked at here, a lot of the impressions that are made are ill-targeted. They're not relevant because that's obvious with your click-through rate. You've got a bunch of people that are seeing my listings that are not clicking on them, which means they're not interested, mostly because I feel that it's not relevant to whatever it was that they searched for originally. Where I think that can be a problem, I've seen sellers that have talked about when they turn promoted listings off, they have a significant drop in sales, more so than just going back to an organic level of sales. Now, nobody really knows, except the boffins over at eBay, how the eBay algorithm works. But being a logical fella like I am, I would have to think that click-through rate 
as an indicator of the relevance of your listings is probably something that factors in to how often eBay surfaces your listings in a given search. eBay's promoted listings, ironically, kills your click-through rate by showing a lot of irrelevant results to potential buyers. And if you then turn off promoted listings, the algorithm may think your listings are not very good because your click-through rate is garbage. In my case, it fell from 1.3% down to 0.2. So your listings are not, and again, this is just a hypothesis of mine, just based on logical thought. I can't prove it, but based on what I hear people say when they turn promoted listings off, this could be part of that problem. Not only are you deactivating something that was making eBay more money off of you, the use of that program has adversely affect something that may factor in to how often your listings get surfaced organically. So just be aware of that. I feel like Probably once you've turned this thing on, you better be committed to leaving it on because I think turning it back off is going to set your business back at least over a medium term until your click-through rate starts to recover. So just bear that in mind. I think that is probably a factor. Depending on your product mix, you may see very little improvement. You may see huge improvement. Mine was fairly middle of the road, oddly 40%, 39% increase. Again, if you told me that for a a 5% increase in fees on half of my sales, which is about what it worked out to, I could increase my sales by 40%. Is that something that I would do? In my case, the answer is yes, I am going to continue to use promoted listings. I think it worked. Again, not without some downsides, but on balance, I made more sales, I made more money, and in terms of profit dollars, I made more profit. Now, your net margins are going to suffer because you're going to pay more fees on things you sell and you are going to pay some fees on things that you ordinarily may not have paid fees on. So just be aware of that. It is going to have an impact on your net margins. But at the end of the day, I put more money in my bank in August than I did in July. And that ultimately is what I'm here for. So I'm not a big fan of pay to play, but that is the system that eBay has set up. And as it is set up, it does seem based on my experience to work. I did make more money, so I will continue to use it. And I think it will continue to work up until the point where everybody jumps on and does promoted listings, which I don't think will probably ever happen because there are so many people who are like I was (laughs) uh, that are just vehemently opposed to the whole idea of it. So Let me know if you're watching on YouTube. Leave me a comment down below. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, shoot me an email, galaxycds at gmail.com. And let me know, have you tried promoted listings? What were your results Uh, based on the information that you heard today? Are promoted listings something that you would be inclined to try? Uh, And if you got something out of this that was helpful or useful, or you just found all this statistical jibber-jabber interesting, If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. I would appreciate it. As always, if you're not currently a subscriber or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that as well. I would love to have you on board. But uh, yeah, definitely let me know what, what you think of promoted listings. And if this kind of fairly deep dive into what it did to my numbers inspires you one way or the other to participate or not. With all that having been said, hey, let's do some reselling news. 
news updates. All right. First up, uh, a couple of articles back to back over on e-commerce bites. And as always, I will link to these in the show notes and the video description below. They ran an article. Uh, Amazon will store and stock store your stock and send it anywhere. Amazon is expanding its warehousing logistics business. It will soon offer to store a seller's inventory in bulk and send it anywhere from automatically replenishing its own FBA fulfillment centers to sending it to brick and mortar retail stores. So this is a, this is an interesting program and it is also, as we'll talk about with the second article, a potential bit of a cash grab by Amazon. So we'll get into that (laughs) here in a minute. They say, as they reported last fall, Amazon began testing a program specifically for storing goods upstream for automatic replenishment of its prime ready warehouses. In other words, instead of sending your inventory directly to an Amazon fulfillment center where there are strict limits on how much you can send, you could now send them to this kind of intermediary warehouse where they would then distribute them out as they sold from the FBA warehouses. They make money, of course, by storing it in this middle warehouse. So they're going to make some money from you there. And then when it goes to FBA and sells, they're going to get all your the normal FBA fees as well. So rather than just building bigger fulfillment centers so that you can send more stuff in, they're building other warehouses. <laughs> uh, so you can store this stuff separately. So uh, kudos to Amazon for continuing to find new ways to make money. The program is called AWD, Amazon Warehousing and Distribution, and it takes that original concept much further. They say, quote, sellers using AWD can also consolidate their global inventory, which they can then view and manage on Seller Central, simplifying their operations with one pool of inventory. Starting in 2023, sellers will be able to use AWD to send their inventory to any location, including wholesale customers, or brick-and-mortar stores. So it is more of a full-surface distribution option as well. In a discussion of the beta program in early August, a seller said Amazon described one of the benefits of AWD to sellers using FBA as follows. If your product goes out of stock in prime ready fulfillment centers, it will still be searchable and buyable as long as there's sufficient inventory in an Amazon warehousing and distribution location. So again... If you are limited in how much stuff you can send to FBA, if you have your stuff stored at one of these AWD facilities, that will still count towards getting your items shown on Amazon. So it's a nice program. They say it makes their promise of supply chain as a service a reality, and it was specifically designed to solve inventory management challenges and deliver operational efficiencies. They will announce pricing and fee information, of course, at their Accelerate conference. So there's no information yet on how much this service is going to cost, but it is going to cost you money. On the upside, uh, (laughs) it'll probably help you out this holiday season or maybe next holiday season, as the case is, because Amazon holiday storage limits are back for FBA sellers. This was announced last week. They are once again restricting how much inventory sellers can send to their fulfillment centers ahead of the holiday shopping season. These are known as restock limits. And sellers said holiday inventory is due at Amazon fulfillment centers by November 2nd. So you've got roughly two months to get your stuff in there because they say warehouse space is at a premium. 
Amazon ties FBA restock limits to a metric it calls the Inventory Performance Index. Uh, One seller wrote, just got the notification. Our limits have been slashed by 40%. Another seller with an IPI of 712 said they were sent from a limit of 120 units to just 40,000. That's a 66% decrease. Uh, It says, be ready to ship smaller shipments frequently. List each item both as FBA and FBM. Have the stuff available to be fulfilled by merchant as well so that if your FBA source does run out, you can still make some sales. So if you're an Amazon seller, you can let me know again in the comments or by email at galaxycds at gmail.com if you have been hit with any of these restrictions. Interesting story. Uh, This is on The Verge. There are some Etsy sellers that are starting a... The headline says it's a union. It's not really a union. It's more of a guild. But uh, Etsy sellers are starting a union to fight policies they say hurt merchants. The organizers modeled the Indie Sellers Guild after a union. Uh, You may recall back in March, a group of Etsy sellers announced that they would temporarily shut down their shops to protest changes on the platform. And they said at that time that that strike was just the first step. Now, following that strike and some small concessions, they note by Etsy, organizers have formed the Indie Sellers Guild, a nonprofit. They hope will function as an advocacy organization for anyone who sells handmade, vintage, and craft goods online. We are modeling ourselves after a union as much as possible with the same goals as a more traditional traditional union and other organized labor movements, said Shiara Lore, interim secretary treasurer of the guild, who has also worked with on organizing and drafting their bylaws. She says, we are very bottom up, member driven. We don't have a board of directors making decisions and sending them down. The guild, which will officially launch on September 5th, is looking to build on the momentum of that strike, which organizers estimate had around 30,000 shops signed on to support. That number, of course, is a tiny fraction of the roughly 5 million Etsy sellers, but it's it's probably going to be some of the bigger and certainly some of the noisier sellers who have been on the message boards and whatnot complaining about policies over at Etsy. So If you're an Etsy seller, uh, let me know. Is this something that you think you would want to participate in? Uh, The article is fairly lengthy. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Again, there will be a link to this over on The Verge if you'd like to read more. But this is something that they're trying to set up to better represent at least what they think should be the primary sellers over on Etsy. There are several comments in this article where they particularly single out resellers who are not selling actual vintage or handmade items on Etsy, and they would like to see those folks banned. So you can uh, at least be aware of that as well. (laughs) Uh, More news from Amazon. Uh, As we talked about earlier, they continue to try to find ways to make money. Part of that is buying up other companies. According to Reuters, uh, the United States has begun an antitrust review of Amazon's takeover of the vacuum maker iRobot. Uh, the FTC has begun a review of the $1.7 billion takeover of iRobot to decide if the deal violates antitrust laws. This was first reported by Politico on Friday. They say it is a wide-ranging and would include both head-to-head competition and whether the deal would illegally boost Amazon's market share in both the connected device and the retail market in general. So what they're looking at is does this 
give Amazon yet another leg up relative to some of their competition in both the retail space and the connected device, your your nests and I don't I don't even know what Amazon's the is it the dot? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Alexa, I think it is. Anyway, Amazon declined to comment. Uh, iRobot and the FTC, neither one immediately responded to requests for other information. The e-commerce giant, they note, has steadily expanded its device lineups with more speakers showcasing, said Alexa voice assistant with home security doorbells and cameras from Ring, which it acquired back in 2018. Uh, Amazon announced this all-cash deal of $61 a share to acquire iRobot, who is the maker of Roomba. So uh, they're also being looked at, apparently, for their purchase of a group called One Medical, who sells, obviously, uh, medical care supplies. So Amazon just continues to buy up companies where they would then control the flow of that merchandise on their site. The FTC is concerned that that has the effect of making it harder for other sellers to compete on Amazon and elsewhere. So that will continue probably to be buzzworthy, probably forever. So... Uh, another article, this one is on the Daily Dot. Uh, this was a, a pretty interesting article, and I'm not going to go into a lot of depth because I've talked about this issue the last probably two or three episodes. Why new IRS rules will be an absolute disaster for casual eBay users. The new reporting threshold that we've talked about for the 1099K is, they say, frustratingly low. They talk about, in this article, your typical non-professional reseller. So people who are part-time resellers are just trying to make ends meet, trying to pay for vacation or just clear out the garage or whatnot, and how these new reporting requirements are going to make it difficult for them, A, to do their taxes and potentially make it difficult for sites like eBay and Mercari and some of these others to continue to recruit people like you and I to sell on the platforms because the tax implications are very, very complicated. So, a really interesting article. I think you're going to see as we get closer and closer to tax time, a lot of news about this. I don't know if it'll be enough to actually make any changes to the threshold. There is one note on here. Uh, I talked about last week. I was not aware. eBay, of course, has been lobbying the government to try to get the threshold raised from $600. This article mentions that they are shooting for a number around $5,000 as the threshold. So that would be that would be helpful for a lot of kind of traditional garage sale type sellers who are just trying to clear some stuff out and sell it on eBay. So we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. But again, a really interesting article if you're interested in more information on the ongoing 1099K saga. And last, just a fun article. Uh, every video game console ever made is now selling on eBay for a cool $1 million. Video games as we know them have only been around for half a century, give or take. But in that time, we've seen a metric ton of game consoles released to the public, says this article over on Nerdist. There are uh, apparently, in total, over 24,000 different machines. Now they have learned that after accumulating such an incredible collection, one owner has decided to sell the whole thing on eBay for $1 million. There's a photo of this guy's collection, which is quite impressive. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it there. He has got 
man, just Nintendo after Nintendo and a ton of Xboxes. And it, it claims, according to this article, that he has bought and sold full collections of video game hardware multiple times throughout his life. He's bought and bought and bought and then got bored with it and unloaded them. And he's at that boredom phase again with his largest collection ever and is trying to sell it. The buy it now price is 984,000 euros, which is a million dollars US. So uh, let me know if you're going to bid <laughs> on that. I'm, I'm a longtime video game player, clear back to the original Atari 2600 and Pong and all that. So I've given away my age a little bit, but uh, I don't have a million dollars to buy all these systems, but it would be a really awesome collection, uh, at least to see, if not to actually own. So again, thank you so much for stopping by. If you got something out of this uh, particular episode, please do me a favor again and whack that thumbs up button uh leave me a comment let me know what you thought of any of the news or what you thought of the experiment that i did with ebay's promoted listings which i it's no again like my etsy experiment it's no longer an experiment it is a permanent fixture of my business i'm going to continue to do promoted listings and i i I always hesitate to recommend business practices to people it's your business. You need to run it in the way that best serves you and your family and your particular business model. But this is something that I would say I would definitely recommend at least taking a look at and see if it can improve your business. It certainly, at least for the short duration of the last month, has improved mine. All that having been said, I hope everybody has a terrific week. Uh, please join us um, Wednesday evening, barring anything unforeseen, at 7 o'clock Eastern, as I will be going live to discuss book selling with the wonderful Katie Reed. So you'll want to be sure you catch on uh, for that uh, Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern time, an interview with Katie Reeds. I think that's all I got. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.